Hello and welcome once again to episode 109 of Code Completion. We are a group of iOS developers and educators hoping to share what we love most about development, Apple technology, and completing your code. My name is Dimitri and I'll be your fellow host once again for this episode and I'm joined today by my fellow completionist, Spencer. Hey there. Uh, so let's start off with a quick PSA. Uh, so Apple is having a uh, Black Friday sale, which they tend to have every year. Um, it doesn't have like discounts or anything. Uh, if uh, you are new to the Apple world and we're hoping for <laughs> Black Friday being the, the make it or break it uh, thing. But you do get some gift cards of varying sizes depending on what you uh, buy. I think that's it for this year, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, <clears throat> they vary from, I think, $50 to for like an, well, yeah, $50 to like $250. Um, the one that stood out to me uh, as far as kind of like price of the the product to the gift card that you get was... Uh, AirPods, you get a $75 gift card, which I think is hmm. pretty good. Um, even, especially they even have the, um, the new AirPods Pro, the second generation ones. So they're awesome. And I think that's pretty good where, I mean, the other ones are like $50 for an Apple watch, $50 for an iPhone, I think, um, $250 for a MacBook or, or like a MacBook Air or whatever. So those are good too, but I think for the amount of money you're spending, the, um, the AirPods Pro, or really, and I think it's any AirPods, are probably the kind of best deal, if you can say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a four-day event, so it's on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Um, after yeah. we release this episode, so you should have plenty of of uh, prep time for that. Um, uh, quick tip, uh, a code completion tip, if you will. Uh, oh. Do get the Apple Card, because you will also get 3% off. Um, mm-hmm. or 3% cash back, I should say, uh, for all those purchases. So uh, that is a, a good perk if you end up purchasing a lot of uh, Apple stuff. Yeah. Um, and then one one last PSA. Uh, don't go expecting to buy iPhone 14s because apparently they're all sold out uh, by That's the end crazy. of the year. Um, yeah, I heard some, some, some rumors that were saying that the iPhone 14 Max screens were just like unavailable. Um, so that one is oh. like way out, but then the iPhone 14, uh, pro is just unavailable until January. So, um, if you're hoping to get one for Christmas, um, better, better plan like, a an IOU instead <laughs> because they're just not available. Um, so yeah, keep that in mind. That's nuts, dude. I did not know that. I knew that they were hard to get, but I kind of, you know, they're always hard to get when they release and I haven't checked into it. Uh, since a couple weeks after release, when I got mine, but that's that's insane. Yeah, I'm I'm sure the chip shortage is like largely to blame for a lot of this because just so much has become unavailable or not readily available. So mm-hmm. uh, Apple's timeline is strictly <clears throat> like TMSC, T TSMC Taiwan TSMC's uh uh like schedule, like however fast they can make chips. Um, and not just that, like, as we can see now, it's the display manufacturers, like, whatever the limiting yeah. factor is going to be, that's going to slow everything down. Um, so it's just the world we live in now. If you want something, order it, like, ASAP uh, and expect to get it in 17 years. Uh, like my Playdate, which I think is shipping soon, but I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Cool. One day. That'll be, that'll be a fun mini review corner. I'm stoked to see it. I mm-hmm. haven't got one, but I am. Um... I've heard good things about it for for what it is. So, yeah, and and once again, this is like at no fault to anyone 
in the shipping, manufacturing, or production process. It's just everything is out of whack. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just the new world we live in. Talking about futuristic worlds we live in, uh, you can now connect directly to a satellite with your phone. Um, And that is kind of insane if you come to think about it because they they go fast and they be high up. I think they go like 15 miles per hour. 15,000 miles per hour, not 15 miles per hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they are zooming 15. by at 15,000 miles per hour above our heads. Um, yeah. Like eight that 800 miles above. Um, so they're they're like pretty close in the grand scheme of things, but they go fast. Um, yeah. And they're just like zooming up there. Uh, and Apple like has a great way of communicating with them. Um, so yeah, that's I think is pretty cool. Yeah, no, super cool, and we <clears throat> we talked about it when the um, when they had the um, launch event for the iPhone iPhones fourteen, um, and th- there's a headline from the Apple newsroom uh, that it's made possible by a four hundred fifty million dollar investment in uh, infrastructure in the satellite network and ground stations to kind of do this whole thing. And I think I, I haven't read the article completely, but I think that also includes. Um, like the call centers and everything to handle mm-hmm. all of, you know, or call centers to kind of relay, you know, if you're in an emergency situation, they will call emergency services if those emergency services don't um, support SMS directly. So it's kind of cool that they can be this intermediary for locations that don't have the infrastructure kind of, I guess, up to date to support what the iPhones can do. Uh, through this whole satellite communication so pretty gnarly uh i haven't heard anything you know it's it's been out just barely but i'm i'm interested to see you know i'm sure there will be some fantastically titled uh youtube video like how i survived being out in the wilderness for (laughs) a month because uh, you know the iphone uh or the i don't know the forest service found me because of whatever because of my iphone or something like that so, uh, it's a lot of money. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I, sorry, I'm rambling here. I'm just trying to think like, this is a, I guess, relatively huge investment. $450 million is not anything to laugh at, except unless you're Apple, then it's probably somewhat pocket change. Uh, not a ton of money, but, uh, I wonder if they're, doing this more out of like marketing like they they made a huge deal out of it in the announcement which is fair um i think it's super cool but like the jaded part of me just thinks like is this like partially mostly marketing if that makes sense you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i i think they they probably are like this is more than just them uh investing in like the parts that they need i think this is also uh, them getting um, like a stake in in the whole business of having satellite communication. Um, so okay. I think it's a little bit more than marketing, and it's more of like buying control when they can. Um, because I have a <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion uh, antitrust regulations are always right around the corner. So uh, while they mm-hmm. can is probably the best time to do uh, stuff like this, um, and. This, like, whole thing is only really made possible because um, the iPhone is communicating with those satellites with, like, a very specific frequency 
um, and it's it's able to conserve power and do it as in the most efficient way possible using a human to be the literal antenna uh, aimer. Uh, so like, there's a lot of this that is like, yeah, it could be just marketing, but I think that there's there's a little bit more to it, right? Um, sure. I, I would say definitely the initial angle is like Apple's doing public good by like having a way for uh, you to survive if you have an iPhone and you to not survive if you have an Android. Uh, that's the marketing angle anyways. Um, yeah. But like practically speaking, this is an additional thing that we just didn't have or most people didn't have um, like at their at their uh, at their availability up until now. So this is like really nice to have. Yeah. Um, some cool parts about Apple going like over and above with this uh, is if you uh, if if you want to uh, try out this feature, like you totally can. Even though it's an S, like emergency only feature, uh, they have a full section dedicated to giving you um, a dress rehearsal, rehearsal, if you will, of like trying it out and seeing like how it works. So that way you're prepared. Uh, for that cool. eventuality, if you know you're going to be going into an area with no signal and stuff like that. Um, so uh, in this case, you can go to settings, emergency SOS. It's a top level item now if you updated your iPhone 14 uh, to the latest uh, build. Um, and in there, you can try it out uh, and it will guide you through the whole process of like actually finding a satellite um, and connecting to it. Uh, and even like simulating a conversation with emergency services. Um, That's cool. That part I think is a simulation, but the actual like aiming to a satellite seems like it is legitimate. Um, so there, there's a lot of really cool stuff um, packed into this. I imagine this is just the start of what this is going to entail, and Apple's probably going to expand on this going forward. Um, they did mention that you have like a two year thing. Uh, two year of like free service um, from the purchase of your phone uh, so that is like part of it uh, but I can imagine that this is going to be expanded it's going to be more useful over time and this is just the start of what we're starting to see um, so yeah nice yeah I, I guess I should <laughs> be more used to it at this point but yeah I think I didn't really consider like I, the quote-unquote long game of what this could be in the future. So that's definitely, I mean, it's all speculation, thing. right? Sure. Um, but I mean, that's what Apple does is they, they play the long game in pretty much mm-hmm. everything. So they've got a good yeah. track record. Um, it, for those that want to like learn more about this whole thing, I just seen did an interview with, uh, two of the people that, uh, Apple sent her way <laughs> to, to go ahead and talk <laughs> about it. Uh, so go, go definitely check that out. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating on, um, on how this whole thing like is put together and how, how useful it can potentially be. So nice. In other excellent news, uh, we have a a brand new is going great website. Um, so if you are unfamiliar, there is a web three is going great, which showcases all the great ways that web three is, uh, (laughs) currently, currently going in the most, uh, uh, satire heavy tone. I can, I can present that in. Um, and now we have Twitter is going great.com. Um, and I'm going to use this to give like a quick reminder to everyone of like the chaos that is happening at Twitter right now. Um, 
I am going to flat out say, like, although I'm still on the platform, I do not agree with anything that Elon Musk is doing to the platform and to its users. And it's a shame that this is happening and he deserves all the hate and all the, like, negativity that's going his way because he refuses to listen. Uh, And that is entirely on him. So, like, keep it up, I guess. Um, this is like one of the few cases where I will say like this negativity is well deserved um, because in most cases it, it most definitely isn't. But in this case, when when you are someone so full of wealth that you refuse to listen to like what others are saying and you are actively taking down something that people love and rely on. Um, like, I don't know about you, Spencer, but like, I have come to rely on Twitter, not only for like getting news and knowing what's going on around the world, but also getting work, uh, finding friends. Like it's, it's become a central part of, of my social life in a bit, in a way. Um, and like, it's not cool at all. That's being torn down by, by an a-hole. Um, but that's, that's what's happening. So, uh, I'm going to read off. Uh, everything that has happened since November 2nd, because I'm sure, like, I didn't, wasn't really keeping up with it because I've just been busy. Yeah. Um, and it is a truly, like, horrendous view um, as to, like, what someone is doing to something that a lot of people rely on, especially at, like, a world scale, right? Really, real quick. I <laughs> I, I think the best, not the best part, but I think a perfect thing to kind of summarize this whole dumpster fire that's going on is... The fact that on this Twitter is going great website, uh, it's it, there's a literal dumpster fire icon, which I think is hilarious. But then it says Twitter is going great ellipses and definitely does not develop features primarily to stroke Elon Musk's delicate ego. <laughs> I think that's just like a great summary of this whole thing here. So, yeah. All right. Because at the end Sorry. of the day, like he is a he is a human like everyone else, no matter how much money he has. Um, so. Like, it's on him for not growing in the situation. And it's probably because of the money that he has that he's refusing to grow. Because, like, why should he? No doubt. Right? He already has the money. Um, So, in any case, uh, this starts all on November 2nd. Uh, Musk's plans eliminate half of Twitter's employees. So, just straight off the bat, uh, that happened. Uh, November 8th, Twitter might break soon. So, after firing a whole bunch of people, it was revealed via leaks that... Like, hey, Twitter's infrastructure is very in a very delicate balance, and it just might break at any moment in time if you don't have people very carefully tending to it, uh, which all have been fired. Yeah. Um, the next one on November 9th is a Double Trouble, uh, and this is when there were two Twitter blues, one more expensive than the other. <laughs> um, so this is the start of chaos that has quickly divulged on Twitter. Um, some of it actually ended up for the greater good, uh, which we'll get to. Uh, Elon underscore underscore R Nusk, which R and N kind of combined to make it look like a Musk, uh, announces uh, Twitter gold. So a blue checkmark Elon Musk parody account, because you can just buy a blue checkmark now. You're not actually verified, of course, but you can buy one. Uh, that Twitter gold is going to win uh, Grimes back. Of course. Uh, <laughs> so so that's just like trolling. Uh, but there, there is actually like public justice trolling that happened, which I, I promise we'll get to. Uh, but like, it's all self-inflicted, which is oh. <laughs> yeah, well, so bad. Yeah. 
Um, anyways, uh, bot numbers are okay to include now. Elon Musk admits that his count of Twitter users includes bots. Like, that was his reasoning to not buy Twitter after he was forced into buying Twitter because he said he wanted to buy Twitter. Anyways, um... Uh, on November 9th, Mario flips the bird. Uh, blue check mark, Nintendo of US. Uh, and Nintendo Fus. Which. Nintendo Change the case. Uh, Nintendo Fus. Uh, features Mario giving users the middle finger. So this is yet another trolling uh, that has come out of people just being able to buy a blue check mark. Yep. Uh, new accounts for world leaders. Uh, with a, a zero for world and three for leaders appears on Twitter. So verified Tony Blair uh, commiserates with verified George Bush, um, and chaos ensues. The chief information information security officer, meanwhile, is quitting on November tenth, um, and that means that like less and less people know what's going on. Uh, at Twitter and can take a handle of it. And basically, people are refusing to take responsibility for everything that Musk is doing. Uh, November 10th, employees are now personally responsible for FTC compliance because uh, the, uh, the chief privacy officer and chief compliance officer um, all resigned uh, on, from Twitter. So yet more cases of no one actually knows what's going to happen um, yeah. In that regard, uh, November tenth, Twitter fires nearly all of its staff in Africa because, yeah, like who needs them? I guess that's complete satire. Please don't, <laughs> don't voice clip <laughs> canceled. That. Uh, uh, but yeah, this is like yet another case of like Twitter likely doing good before Elon Musk owned it. Um, and in an excellent case of this, a verified neo Nazism returns to Twitter. Uh, because, uh, yeah, it's just something that people can do now. Uh, you can just go ahead and, and become verified and then spout, like, horrible things. Um, next, on November 10th, fake but verified, a pair of verified Chiquita accounts discuss overthrowing South American governments, because that's a thing that can now happen when you give a platform uh, and a stamp to people who... Uh, to anyone, basically. Um, on November 10th, a G- degenerative adversarial network appear. Uh, so verified accounts with AI-generated human faces indicating they're likely to be bots appear on the platform. Uh, so this is nice. now, now the bad actors are starting to, uh, like, realize what's going on. On November 10th, Sully is out. So Hero of Hudson, Captain Sully Sullenberger announces he's leaving Twitter. Um, so what good is a platform when all the people leave, uh, which a lot of people have left? Um, yeah. For those that don't know, there's an alternative platform called Macedon, uh, which is a federated network, meaning that you can join any one of Macedon's servers or instances, each that have different rules and... Um, like policies, so you can join the one that suits you best. Um, and uh, for instance, I'm on Macedon.social, Dimitri Bunyol, Um, and that is just an alternative to Twitter that's really growing rather rapidly. So do give them uh, the benefit of the doubt if their servers are going down. That's because everyone is mass leaving Twitter <laughs> um, or creating backup accounts uh, there. So that's something that uh, you'll you'll maybe want to start thinking about yeah. as as this 
purge continues. Yeah, I was looking into it last night, actually, and then I saw that there were a bunch of servers, and I was like, ah, I don't know. So I was going to ask you which one you joined, because I saw that it was on your Twitter profile. So now I know. Yeah, Mastodon.social is, like, the most common one, I would say. Um, oh, cool. So, but there are, like, iOS dev-specific ones, of course. Um, so, like, search around. Like, you can move from one server to another. It's not, you're not locked down. Yeah, I saw that, too. Uh, to it. It will, like, bring all your followers over. And you can follow people from other servers. So, it's, like, there's no limitations mm. by being on one server or another. I guess, unless you're a neo-Nazi, then you're not welcome yeah. on Mastodon.social. I'm sorry. Uh, actually, I'm not sorry. Like, go away. <laughs> yeah, I'm not um, sorry at all, dude. <laughs> like, sorry, not sorry. Please go away. Don't don't participate in anything. Like, I don't want you. Um, but yeah, that's that's something that that is that is probably the good that has come about all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, November 10th. Like, uh, we're about a quarter way through these. Uh, no mistake, no misspelling it either. Elon Musk changes the decision he previously changed on parody accounts following the unfolding disaster of verified accounts. So basically, parody accounts were allowed if you said it was a parody. Um, however, you can't do this if your uh, tweet handle uh, has like any mention of the original person's name. So you can't really have parody accounts after all, uh, because too many people were parodying Elon Musk and. His fragile, fragile ego uh, could not, like, withstand that. On uh, November 11th, Twitter's demise is likely to harm people with disabilities. Uh, so Times Magazine reports that just over a week after taking control of Twitter, Musk gutted the company's accessibility team. Because who needs them? Um, again, don't, please don't take that out of context. I, I really do support uh, accessibility endeavors. Um, and I think it's a necessity for any big platform to need to do that. I'm sorry, once you grow big enough, uh, you can't ignore it anymore. You shouldn't be able to ignore it anymore. And if you're a small company uh, or a small product owner, it's really easy to add. So, like, please yeah. do add it. Um, you're doing more good than bad by spending the minimum amount of time to, to add that in. Um, on November 11th, more ad dollars on pause. So advertising giant Omnicron uh, represent, recommended that its clients, including Apple and McDonald's, pause their advertising campaigns. Um on twitter because like, uh, what are you advertising to if only neo-nazis remain right um that's yep. not something that you want as customers um on november 11th uh there are now two check marks uh so after the verification system uh went rogue uh the, twitter decided they're gonna bring an official check mark um in a design extravaganza that is placed underneath another check mark so there's just lots of check marks now uh, you just got to know which one is which by following along with this disaster as it unfolds. Um, on Elon, on November 11th, on Elon 11th, on uh, November 11th, Elon blames uh, the media elite. So after days of chaos, Elon blames mishap on media elite and its coverage of Twitter takeover. Because of course they're to blame, not at all him. Uh, November 11th, Playbill leaves Twitter. So the Hollywood Reporter reports that theatrical publication Playbill has left Twitter because the platform has greatly expanded its tolerance for hate, negativity, and misinformation. So, continuing on that thread. Uh, November 11th, Elon Musk claims that Twitter will become the people's financial institution. uh, And another, like, claim that's probably going to go nowhere, so I'm not even going to divulge in it. 
Uh, again, on November 11th, abuse was not anticipated for the new blue check marks. Uh, so according to Twitter employee interviewed, uh, there was no entry under the potential abuse section in the design docs for the Twitter blue uh, verified check marks. So no one even thought about it, probably nice. because I got fired. Um, so when you rush a feature, uh, you don't include the people that are probably sleeping because who sleeps at 3 a.m.? Uh, and you just get things in and therefore, like, chaos. Uh, the interviewer asks, wait, so there are just blank spots in the how could this be abuse section? And the anonymous employee said, yeah. Um, wow. That's awesome. Uh, November 13th, accidental unfollows are occurring. Uh, so Twitter user Aniko Fox claims that the professional category on Twitter profiles acts as an unfollow button. So, yeah, that's just started happening good. because people were just merging stuff in uh, and not verifying that stuff is going to break as a result of that. Um, so probably not intentional, but absolutely like expected. Uh, November 13th, Musk trolls a powerful senator. Uh, so Senator Ed Markey, uh, who sits on various subcommittees related to media and space, uh, says that a Washington Post reporter created an account impersonating him with his consent. Uh, he asked Musk for an explanation. Musk replied, Perhaps it's because your real account sounds like a parody. And then asked why the senator's profile photo was him wearing a mask. Um, oh I don't God, even know what to dude. say about that. Uh, for those that need to hear it, I still wear a mask in public. Proudly. I will not take it off just because someone asked me to. Um, and we should not be publicly shaming anyone for wearing a mask. Uh, because, as a reminder, COVID is still out there. And it's still dangerous. And people are still, like... At, at harm for it so uh they can still be harmed by it so wear a mask it prevents covid yeah. from spreading it's easy done you don't even need to get vaccines please go do get vaccines but you don't need to you can but just wear a mask yeah. yeah and if you think masks smell that's because your mouth smells please wash your mouth <laughs> wash them um yeah. yeah uh november 13th uh elon musk falsely claims that twitter brings more traffic than any other source um so yeah, he's more more promises that don't don't amount to anything. Uh, also, on November thirteenth, Twitter Blue hasn't made much money. Just, I guess despite all the people trolling, uh, like you'd think that would make a ton of money for them, and they would yeah. encourage it. Uh, but no, it didn't even make much money. Uh, Twitter earned approximately four hundred eighty thousand dollars after launching it officially, uh, converting point twenty five percent of power users. Uh, so. Not great, Oof. I guess, for a company of that size. It would be great for an individual, of course, but uh, yeah. the only individual that owns Twitter is wildly rich, so that means nothing to him. Uh, anyways, uh, layoffs now affecting contractors. So uh, Casey Newton reports that 4,400 of 5,500 contracts, mostly in content moderation and infrastructure, like, they don't need them anymore. Um Continuing on November 13th. Wow. November 13th was a busy day. Uh, Elon yeah. <laughs> tweets an explanation for poor performance that a Twitter engineer refutes. Um, so this is like the start of people like starting to give a little bit of backlash. Spoiler alert. The employee got fired. Um, but yeah, what? like don't, no don't, don't refute your boss because that's going to be a fireable offense because your boss is a little weenie. Um, <laughs> Uh, Elon on November fourteenth, we're finally on a on a new day. Uh, so Elon, uh, 
Elon says that Twitter will remove the device information on each tweet. Uh, so this means that you won't know uh, if a tweet was sent on an iPhone or an Android device, I'm assuming. This will or maybe which app as well. Yeah, I'm I'm guessing this will help uh advertisers feel more comfortable because then uh Android and <laughs> advertisers will be like, yeah, this this uh Galaxy Pro S5 is amazing sent from iPhone is going to stop happening. Um yeah. like that's the only thing I can think of uh that will like save that situation. I'm not too sure. On November 14th, uh, the Yes Men take credit for Twitter Blue TwitRec. Uh, in a Substack post, the satirical anti-corporate activist group, the Yes Men, uh, take credit for using Elon's new Twitter Blue to impersonate the likes of Nintendo, Ellie Lilly, Lockhead Martin, George Bush, and Tony Blair, uh, and AIPAC, uh, and the Anti-Defamation League. Uh, the parodies now have their own entity in Know Your Meme. Nice. Um, so that's good. Uh, I don't know if it's posted in in all this, but uh, Eli Lilly is like a manufacturer of um, insulin. Insulin, uh, that that very necessary <laughs> drug that keeps people alive, and uh, they they uh, they got parodied into saying like, "Hey, insulin is now going to be free," and something along <laughs> those lines. Um, and of course, that was not true, uh, but. People then retreated that like crazy because they claimed an even better uh, Twitter handle than uh, Eli Lilly has uh, up until that point. Uh, so it was taken as truth. Um, and as a result, that company is now getting a huge amount of backlash for overcharging for insulin, which they should, um, in yeah. all honesty. Uh, but and their stock plummeted like billions of dollars that day or right around that time, which is fantastic. Just like poetic justice. Yeah. Anyways... Uh, November 14th, uh, Balenciaga leaves Twitter. Uh, so fashion brand Balenciaga is the first major brand to quit the platform. Uh, is this the start of a new fashion trend? Uh, <laughs> says the, the post. That's, that's good. <laughs> uh, November 14th, two-factor authentication breaks soon after Elon announces removal of bloatware. Uh, Elon Musk tweeted that part of the today will be turning off the microservices bloatware. Who needs microservices? Um, they they must be very micro in need um, because uh, clearly two factor is not necessary. Um, no. So yeah, uh, on also on November fourteenth, Ask a Manager weighs in on the plight of Twitter's remaining workspace workforce. So Allison Green of Ask a Manager answered the question: I work at Twitter. What do I do? Uh, suggesting that there's no ethical imperative to quit on the spot and no shame in staying if you need to. Uh, so quick reminder, not everyone who works at Twitter is a monster, just the one in charge. Um, okay. And uh, a lot of people are working there on work visas, which means that if they quit Twitter, they have to leave the country. So they're yeah. kind of stuck um, there and they can't really do anything unless someone else that can offer that same visa hires them. So do keep that in mind. Uh, on November 15th, Twitter might lose its immunity from data protection authorities across Europe because, of course, uh, Europe is going to notice that uh, things are going awry um, and use its powers for good, frankly, uh, to lock down on that, uh, which, once again, Twitter employees are now in charge of uh, to make sure that they don't overstep their bounds. Um, you know, the, the people like you and me that know how to code but not really know uh, public uh, oh, law. Yeah. 
in any case, November 15th, Group M tells advertisers that Twitter is a high-risk media buy. Um, so maybe don't don't consider buying uh, and putting ads on Twitter. Um, on November, like, if anything, the microservices that run ads might not run. So your ads might not be delivered to anyone. Um, which is neither here nor there. Uh, because on <laughs> November 15th, Elon fires engineers for making sassy comments. Because uh, <laughs> making sassy comments, a clear indication that you are intelligent, uh, means that you are not capable of uh, working at Twitter anymore. Um, anyways, on November 15th, Elon makes an ableist joke about someone he fired um, because he's a monster. Moving on from that, November 15th, after firing thousands of people, Elon makes a joke about it because his company is now a joke. Uh, also on November 15th, Elon directs employees to fund non-believers. So according to the New York Times, self-proclaimed free speech king Elon Musk has been directing subordinates to comb through Twitter Slack and make a list of people making fun of him or his plans for firing. Uh, they've also been monitoring employees' tweets. So, I guess I can think everyone's probably going to guess what's hap- going to happen very soon. Uh, but on November fifteenth, uh, Elon announces delay on his third attempt at verified accounts. So he's putting a pause on that. <laughs> finally, uh, requires more thought. Uh, November fifteenth, Elon is reportedly paranoid about sabotage. I wonder why. Uh, also on November, oh, finally, new day, uh, November sixteenth at one a.m. Uh, Elon demands its workers commit to extremely hardcore company culture. Uh, so basically, uh, there is now uh, an agreement that was sent out to everyone, and anyone who does not click yes uh, in a Google form by 5 p.m. tomorrow, uh, which was Thursday, will receive three months of severance and be fired immediately. Um, I don't know. That's... It's a bit too late about this, but if anyone is listening from Twitter uh, and you're given something like this, you can choose not to take the severance and sue the company for firing you, like on uh, on grounds that are not like acceptable per your employment contract. Um, and yeah. you can likely direct the suing towards Elon because he is now the sole owner. So something to consider. Yeah. Um. I, I smell a large class action lawsuit in the very oh, near yeah. future. No uh, in any case, November 16th, a large percentage of Twitter Blue subscribers are porn, crypto, and or from the Middle East. Uh, Twitter Blue currently lo- loses at least $36 per user. Um, so that's neat. Uh, November 16th, as soon as he's done breaking it, Elon will hand Twitter to someone else. Uh, so it's part of a trial where he is defending a claim that $56 billion was too much to pay for himself as CEO of Tesla. Elon Musk says that he will reduce my time at Twitter and find someone else to run Twitter over time. So, yeah, why not Why not, uh, bring a bomb in, explode it, and then walk away like uh, nothing happened? Uh, November 16th, apparently Twitter two-factor has a major security flaw, because why not? Uh, Twitter's two-factor authentication can be disabled by spoofing the phone number an account uses and sending the word stop via SMS. This makes the account extremely vulnerable to hackers. Perfect timing. Uh, November 17th, innocuous video accounts get locked for sharing intimate video. Uh, At least two accounts reportedly uh, being locked by Twitter today for posting non-consensual intimate content. Uh, The racy videos in question being the sun setting over the DC skyline (laughs) and a video (laughs) of a NASA aircraft landing. Um, I don't know if what the sexual con- 
uh, connotations were there, but uh, Twitter, uh, the microservice was deeply offended. Uh, clearly, not that's not where I thought that was going. <laughs> <laughs> um, on November seventeenth, seven senators send a letter to the FTC chair asking for an investigation because what could possibly come out of such an investigation? I don't know. Uh, November 17th, fewer engineers than expected want to work for extremely hardcore Twitter 2.0. Um, what? So, That's crazy. Jurgely uh, Oros, I don't know, I'm mispronouncing that badly, uh, highly regarded author and sent a senior engineer with a track record of accurate scoops about Twitter, uh, says that far fewer than expected devs hit yes on the ultimatum. So you're going to be left with a company uh, where the only people working there are kind of uh, working there under the 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 prospect that they'll probably be kicked out of the country, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah. As a result, the ban on remote working is being relaxed, and Elon Musk is meeting with individual engineers to persuade them to stay. Uh, or says that unless something changes, Twitter's engineering force could be down by 90% in just three weeks. He expects that Elon That's Musk will have so to throw bad. money at this in the form of retention bonuses and short-term contracts. Um, oh my gosh. 90% dude. Uh, November 18th, just setting up their quitters. Uh, so the 5 PM deadline passed and then it all began. Some employees hung up on Elon uh, Musk while he was trying to persuade people to stay. <laughs> That's so good. The entirety of the payroll department and U.S. tax department resigned today because Ooh. they don't want to help uh, like keep this going. Uh, Cardi B's account posted hardcore pornography. She said she was hacked. Uh, Musk spent Thursday in meetings across different divisions of Twitter, making personal appeals to the many employees attempting to resign. Elon Musk tweeted that the best people to st- are staying, so I'm not super worried. Of course, the best people are staying. Um, totally not the ones that were forced. Uh, roughly 75% of the remaining 3,700-ish employees opted not to stay at Twitter. Oof. Uh, WTF uh, has a webcam with, yes, a lettuce asking if Twitter will outlast <laughs> it. Um, this reminds me of the, the, is Elon still in office and there was like an onion, uh, that was going to outlast, uh, not, not Elon. Uh, if, uh, I forgot his name already, Trump, uh, that, that other <laughs> asshole, um, excuse my language. Uh, but yeah, um, there was an onion. Um, so now it's a lettuce, I guess. Yeah. They did the same thing for the Liz Trust, the, uh, former prime minister and the lettuce one. So that's, that's pretty great. Happens. Uh, yep. Zoe Schiff reported that Twitter just alerted employees that effective immediately, all office buildings are temporarily closed and badge access suspended. The reason, she says, is because Elon Musk and his team are terrified employees are going to sabotage the company. That paranoia matches with what we heard earlier. She later added that the reason could also be because they don't even know how know who has quit. So far, no Twitter employees have been deactivated, even those who publicly resigned. Uh, Musk and his team only collected the list of yeses, uh, people who said they want to be part of Twitter 2.0. Uh, they're still trying to track who is out. Remaining and departing Twitter employees told The Verge that given the scale of the resignations this week, they expect that the platform to start breaking soon. Uh, multiple critical teams inside Twitter uh, have now either completely or near completely resigned. 
uh, said other employees who requested an anonymity to speak without Musk's permission. That includes uh, Twitter's traffic and front-end teams uh, that route engineering requests to the correct back-end services, uh, the team that maintains Twitter's core system libraries that every engineer at the company uses is also gone. You cannot run Twitter without this team, a departing employee said. Uh, Elon Musk mm. inevitably decided to post through it, uh, posting a meme about someone giving gang signs in front of a tombstone with Twitter's logo on both the person and the tombstone uh, and a pirate flag. A community note explains that the pirate flag appears to be some kind of feeble attempt at edginess. <laughs> However, upon further investigation, it seems to represent a pirate ship uh, that has been abandoned by its crew after the captain demanded they become hardcore or leave with three months worth of treasure. Uh, so if you don't know, community notes are something that uh, people can go and add to tweets to give more context as far as like uh, what's going on in terms of what they're saying, if it's false or true and stuff like that. So this is very true. Uh, it just needed some contextual contextual correction. Uh, meanwhile, the Soccer World Cup, a global event that causes surges in Twitter usage, starts on Sunday. Let that sink in. Uh, the post ends. Um, in reference to Elon Musk bringing a sink because he's a child uh, into the Twitter office. And so let so that sink stupid, in. Dude. Uh, in so any case, stupid. November 18th, Elon Musk orders remaining developers to the office immediately. Uh, the offices that were closed come in. Uh, Fortune magazine reports that Elon Musk sent an email this morning around 9 a.m. asking anyone who is actually writes software uh, to meet him at Twitter at 2 p.m. today. Only those with family emergencies or who could not be physically present were excused. He ordered anyone who could to fly to San Francisco before reversing that and saying that flying in would be appreciated but is not essential. Uh, Musk also ordered that all remaining developers uh, to email me a bullet point summary of what your code commits have achieved in the last six months, along with up to 10 screenshots of the most salient lines of code. He apparently has said that he will personally conduct technical reviews with all engineers. As Fortune points out, it is unclear exactly how many employees remain at Twitter. Uh, November 18th, Elon Musk announces Freedom Fridays, uh, starts by restoring two accounts banned for anti-trans statements, uh, because he's a monster, once again. Because uh, November 19th, CBS News apparently halts posting on Twitter, uh, so the CBS Nation News correspondent Jonathan uh, Vigliotti said on air that in light of the uncertainty around Twitter and out of an abundance of caution, CBS News is pausing its activity on the social media site as it continues to monitor the platform. Um, November 19th, one week after persuading her stay, Elon Musk fires the global head of ad sales. Uh, Elon Musk said on Twitter, space audio meeting with advertisers uh, designed to reassure them that the company has a stable and safe place for brands to advertise uh, the following day, the two people on the call, uh, Yoel Roth, head of Trust and Safety, and Robin Wheeler, head of global ad sales, resigned. Nice. According to Bloomberg, uh, Musk persuaded Wheeler to reverse her decision. Uh, Casey Newton of Platformer uh, reported on a Friday that seven days after her persuaded uh, he persuaded her to say Musk fired Robin Wheeler, a fact that uh, she seemed to confirm uh, with the now familiar salute emoji. Um, on Saturday, Bloomberg reported that Musk is considering firing several more employees in the ad sales and partnership teams on Monday. 
uh, November 19th, uh, Elon Musk restores Donald Trump's Twitter account uh, because he ran a poll, uh, a Twitter poll, uh, asking if his Twitter account should be restored. Um, uh, and a reminder is permanently uh, suspended uh, after that Twitter judged that he used it to encourage violent insurrection against Democratic rule on January 6th. Um, after like his usefulness has waited out, of course, because uh, Twitter was also a monster back then, it turns out. Um, yeah. And uh, I didn't know this poll was happening. I don't think, Spencer, you knew either, right? So I'm guessing only the hardcore Elon fans that follow him uh, were following along. Um, and I'm willing to bet there's a nice Venn diagram of overlap yes. um, with people who think Donald Trump is a great person. Um and and so on and so forth but in any case uh the poll ended with 51.8 percent of votes in favor of trump's return um and uh while the poll was happening musk tweeted that it was under the heavy attack from bots which provided interesting lessons to clean up future polls that's a thing um and yeah so trump is coming back i guess i guess um, but of course, uh, this all leads to today as we're recording on Sunday, so I can't speak to anything that's going to happen after today, but it's clearly going to be about like 50 other things, uh, based on yeah. the, the pacing. Uh, but Twitter's copyright detection system seems to de- be down, uh, and as a way of demonstrating how broken the company's moderation flows have become, Twitter users have been tweeting out entire movies in a thread, broken up into segments <laughs> that are two minutes and 10 seconds long, the maximum length of a video on Twitter. Uh, copies of Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift, and Hackers are among those being yes. illegally distributed on the platform. Uh, this is happening just as the Soccer World Cup begins. Uh, during the previous World Cups, organizers FIFA have been extremely aggressive of, over alleged copyright infringement on social media. So uh, expect to be able to watch the World Cup in 2 minute and 10 second bursts on Twitter. <laughs> um, so the major reason i wanted to bring all this up is because that former twitter head of trust and safety uh that got fired uh is arguing that apple and google of all people of all companies i would say uh have the most sway on policy so what this means is that the app store and google play store rules basically means that twitter can't be an extremist crazy like hotbed of uh spew um and that is the thing that we're also fighting to get rid of uh, at this very moment in time with like the antitrust laws uh, being aimed at Apple and Google. Uh, so this is like a very interesting time where maybe these are good things to have at this very moment in time. And it's very like nebulous as far as like what would be the best course of action going forward, right? Because if we get rid of the necessity for not the necessity but the requirements that the app store be the only way that you distribute apps uh then twitter can just distribute its app personally um and so can uh like trump's alternate whatever that thing is called social truth whatever um that spew of garbage um like that can just be on the app store and like it's a good thing that they're not currently right so yeah yeah, the the um, <clears throat> I think it was Yul Roth that says this in in this article. Uh, well, he's he I guess he's quoting uh, Twitter's twenty twenty one annual report, 
And it says, our release of new products is dependent upon and can be impacted by digital storefront operators uh, that decide guidelines and enforce them. Uh, such review processes can be difficult to predict and certain decisions may harm our business. So they're definitely aware of that, which I think is interesting. Um, I Before this, I hadn't considered that, but, you know, I, there's always the, I think... Uh, I can't remember if it was in this article or not, but you know, there's always the option to go to twitter.com, but it seems like by and large people are used to, of course, using apps. If there is an app available for anything, whether it's a platform or, or anything else. So it seems like Twitter is very, um, aware of that and definitely wants to sort of maybe not skirt the rules, but ensure that it, Twitter is completely functional and can function the way that it wants to be, even in this uh, new role of Elon Musk, where the App Store guidelines and what he wants Twitter to be don't necessarily coincide. I don't really Lots have to anything go. to I... add. <laughs> My, no, my throat is hurting think... from that spew of uh, horrendousness. Yeah. What I think is great is this com because... I mean, ever since this started, start of November or so, I haven't really been on Twitter that much just because it is a dumpster fire and I'm not necessarily interested in, I mean, it's like there's a little bit of schadenfreude just like watching it from afar, but also there's like a lot of people that it's being affected or that are being affected by it more than me just watching it go down. Um, and it's hard to keep track of between everyone's commentary. So this is kind of nice sort of more objective breakdown of what's going on. Yeah. Um, I, I will end this segment on uh, my favorite tweet so far. Uh, Pre-Elon Twitter, please free me from this health site. Post-Elon Twitter, every day with you has been a gift. I owe my career, my friendships, and my marriage to this community. I fostered compassion and activism each and every day with you all fighting for the good fight. One out of 40. Um, so... That has definitely been what Twitter has seemed like over the past, like, few days, if not, like, past two weeks. Um, and as we mentioned, do check out Mastodon. Uh, Mastodon.social, free to make an account. Um, might be a little blippy, uh, like, as everyone is leaving. Uh, because I don't think there's a return uh, that's capable, like, that's possible for Twitter at this point. Uh, they are essentially burning the service down. Um, and losing all its users, so, uh, or at least all the users that, that meant anything, so. Um, if people don't delete their accounts, which I recommend you don't delete your account, because then someone else can take your account, uh, and just impersonate you, so, uh, leave your account there, but, like, go ahead and tell people, hey, you're gonna be over on Mastodon from now on, um, and that will be, like, something to do. Um, I'll probably make a code completion account on Mastodon as well, code completion, um and we'll we'll see you there i guess yeah um, at least for the the short term or maybe the long term i don't know it's gonna be hard to tell what's gonna happen at this point yeah i think as long as elon is running it it's it is going to continue to be a dumpster fire as for as long as it exists if it does continue to exist um i hope someone can bring it back because like dimitri said Twitter's been like an integral part of my life. I've been using it for like 11 or 12 years now. It's been a long time. Um, and I really enjoyed it. It was like a dumpster fire, but like not in like, I mean, it was like, 
not really a dumpster fire. It was like a dumpster. Yeah, it depends who you follow, right? Can. Yeah. Like if you <laughs> yeah, don't use the algorithmic timeline, then the people you follow, like, hey, they're not they're not horrible people and it's everything's fine. It's only like Twitter yeah. injecting dumpster fires into your timeline that was problematic, but like that even didn't last forever, so this week's episode of Code Completion is brought to you by Sticky Widgets. Uh, sticky Widgets is the absolute easiest way to put a sticky note on your home screen and edit it quickly. It's so easy, you never need to open the app itself. Add a sticky widget to your home screen through the iOS home screen editor and tap on it to edit. That's about it. Of course, there's a ton of customization options as well. Font, color, text, size, adjustment, all conveniently located in the system's edit widget interface. And as many sticky widgets, add as many sticky widgets as you'd like. Um, or put them in a smart stack. Smart sticky widgets are digital sticky notes for your phone. Use them however you'd like. Sticky widgets is a free download on the App Store and additional font and color options are available for a one-time in-app purchase. Thank you so much to Sticky Widgets for sponsoring Code Completion. Check out Sticky Widgets on the iOS App Store today. So Spencer, I've got a Code Completion tip for you. All right. Um, Have you ever wanted to like define a closure and then call that closure inside of a function like sometimes you need to call the same code twice depending on if something is animated or not right definitely okay so uh swift actually makes this way easier than objective c and this whole notion of defining a closure and then calling it may not be necessary in swift much at all uh, and that's because you can define a function within a function uh so this is what i like to call inline functions so so you have a function called do something and it has a parameter animated bool. And you might want to do something, whether it's animated or not, and you'll call the same code, just you'll call it in an animation block if it's animated and you won't call it in an animation block if it's not. Um, So that common code, you can either type it twice, which is perfectly reasonable, um, or you could have done like an Objective-C, declare a block or closure ahead of time with that code uh, and then use it there. Or you can do the third coolest thing, which is just say func inside of your function. Um, and this is a like super private function, I like to call them, um, because it's only accessible by your function. It's not accessible by anything else. Nothing else can access it. Um, it's almost like a local variable in a way, and it's almost like mm-hmm. a closure, except you don't need to do fancy closure syntax, um, and you don't need to worry too much about like capturing self and all that. It's all treated as if it were another... Uh, function outside of your own function except it's just declared inside of it so it's private to that function and not accessible anywhere else so uh, a very cool thing you can go ahead and uh, capture local variables this way um, and you can do all sorts of great things by doing a function inside of function so I encourage you all to try it the next time you have uh, something like that pop up nice yeah that's cool I have definitely used closures to like I think that most often or the the cases that I've used them the most often is like when it's like it's just a closure, no arguments or anything because like closure syntax there is easy. But as soon as you start wanting to include uh, like parameters into the closure, that's where it's like because you have to define the type and it's like, "Ah, I don't know how to do this. So, yeah, that's cool. I remember accident. I thought I don't know if it was me when I was learning or a student that I was teaching it very well could have been either uh, put accidentally putting a function in a function and it looks really weird. Um, and it, obviously in their case, it wasn't what they wanted, but definitely there are some sweet use cases for it. So that's cool. Um, 
I, I know that we've talked about this before. I don't know if it was on code completion or not, but I don't, I haven't found use cases to <clears throat> sort of implement it very often, but um, there have been a couple times and it's been, you know, super useful to, I mean, <clears throat> easier to add parameters and the function is named. It's not just some random closure that, you know, you, you specify, you name it with the name of the variable or anything. So kind of better understanding all around, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you mentioned, closures, you can't name your parameters and that means you just have to like memorize them, uh, which is yeah. not great. Uh, so this is an excellent alternative to that. So yeah, give it a try. As always, I want to personally thank everyone for listening in this week. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter, or I guess Macedon, uh, at Code Completion to know when new episodes go live. And feel free to tweet at us if there's ever a topic you'd like for us to dig into. Most importantly, as a small podcast, please be sure to share this with your friends and family who are also interested in any part of the process of app development. It's your support that enables us to continue doing this, and we hope to grow a healthy community around everything we discuss. Once again, I want to give my thanks to Spencer, who's at Spencer C. Curtis. That's S-P-E-N-C-E-R-C-C-U-R-T-I-S on Twitter. And for joining me this week, my name once again is Dimitri. You can find me at Dimitri Bunyol. That's D-I-M-I-T-R-I-B-O-U-N-I-O-L on either Twitter or Mastodon.social. Uh, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.